to our Film Geezers podcast. I'm Robbo and I'm here with Cheeto. Hello. And to celebrate Star Wars Day, we will be uh this is gonna be a it's gonna be Star a Star Wars special. Um we're welcoming today a special guest, Neblet. Can you hear us? What's happens while we're on air? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Can uh, can you hear us now? Hear you? Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear. Yeah, you. Welcome we to our our podcast, our Star Wars special. So I think what we're going to do now is we're just going to go through uh, the films one to nine. I think um, what we should do first is All right. do our top nine, isn't it? We're all going to do our... What well, we... I thought we are going to do that after. Yeah, we can do whatever. Yeah. Um, we'll start with um, Phantom Menace and go... Well, I like a little bit of background. Okay. Um, first Star Wars film I saw was uh, Return of the Jedi at the cinema. Oh, um, I you would have watched A New Hope. No, no. My mum and dad wouldn't take me. Are you only five? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I obviously saw the other two on TV. Yeah. And then 97, they, they released a special edition. Yeah, because that was the first time you could have it on... Um, I didn't think they'd done it on VHS either. That was the first time yeah. you could have it as home. No, I did actually have it on VHS, oh. um, the original trilogy. But it took for age, like forever to come out, didn't it, on DVD? Um, so then <clears throat> I saw Star Wars for the first time on the big screen, Empire Strikes Back, and they brought it out... 97, mm. uh, to prepare for Phantom Menace coming out, which he did on the 16th of July, 1999. Mm. And I think we went to the cinema, not not the day it came out, but probably a couple of days after to see it. Um, and for those who don't know, Cheeto was actually my son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we never actually yeah. explained that, have we? Um, and... Your mum was actually pregnant with you at the time, so I watched it <laughs> you well. were there yes. <laughs> with us. So, and yeah, so Phantom Menace. Where do we start? Yeah. Um, so, because I, um, where I kind of, I'm the younger generation. Obviously, I didn't grow up with like the original trilogy. Don't get me wrong, I love the original trilogy, and they were the first ones I watched. Um, but I have a bit more. I can tolerate the prequels a bit more, I think. Um, obviously, because I didn't have the, the massive expectations of actually going to the cinema and getting heartbroken, basically, by how bad they were. But, um, yeah, I can I can sort of appreciate them, you know. But, um, yeah, well, like I said, where do we even start with Phantom Menace? Yeah, um, we saw it and we were, I think, underwhelmed, weren't we? about it about um, seeing it. It, it it the expectation was 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 greater than what the actual yeah. product was i mean we'd, we'd waited 16 years yeah. for the for it to come out i um, imagine that yeah like for people of my generation that's like waiting 16 years for another avengers film and being totally disappointed that's like the how big the event is but um i'm glad i didn't have to go through that well obviously you've watched it since then and 
Oh yeah, yeah. You watched it when? Do you remember the first time you watched it? Yeah, it was it was actually years ago. Like um, like I said, I've always watched the original trilogy um, from when I was younger, but uh, I remember watching Phantom Menace ages ago, and I never really understood it. Um, I never really understood the. I thought the Star Wars was the original trilogy when I was younger. Um, and I didn't, re- it was when I played Lego Star Wars, actually, the complete saga. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize who all these um, characters were. I didn't know who Qui-Gon was. I knew who Obi-Wan was, but he looked different than he was in the original trilogy. But um, it took me a good, God, maybe 2014 to watch all of them. Yeah. So I guess I, you could tell I watched them late, but hey, um yeah, I wasn't that impressed with them when I did watch them in the end. So even when I was that young, so yeah. So why is it about Phantom Menace that you you don't particularly like? Oh, that's the thing. I think um, the thing I think, is, there's some good bits. There's yeah. some good things in it. But that's, I think, that's the thing that's so annoying with Phantom Menace is that it done a lot of good things, um, but at the end of the day, it just is an okay film. Like that's it. It's not. I, I personally like the, the relationship between Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. I think that that, that was one of the best bits about, about the film. Yeah, um, I think they, um, I think and, they cast I, the film very I well. I think they cast it very, very well. Mm. And, and it would have been interesting to have, to have maybe had that a little bit more um, and, and a, a bit more in-depth in, into that relationship. Um, but and like, no, just... I, I know you like the pod race, don't you, Con? Well, I, it's, I like it and I don't like it in the, in the sense that um, Obi-Wan does mention in A New Hope that Anakin was a very good pod racer, but also, and a pilot, um, George Lucas probably didn't have um, anything to go off of as terms of action, so he just had to put that in. Like, he doesn't, this thing with George Lucas and the prequels is he tried to tie up literally everything, when sometimes, in my opinion, you should leave some things a mystery. And it, it makes it even even better, but um, yeah, the pod race is all right because I think the only reason why it's welcomed is because the Tatooine um, scenes are so boring. Uh, I know it's like important, but I tell you what, when they first land, um, the dialogue is absolutely terrible. Um, when, when especially when Anakin, played by Jake Lloyd, is uh, introduced, like. A character like Anakin, they should like burst on screen, but now nah, he's um, yeah, are you an angel? And it's like, oh my god, <laughs> but, it's, it, it's interesting that I was um, I saw an interview, a few interviews with Mark Ham- Hamill, yeah. um, around the release of New Hope, mm. and he was actually talking about the, the prequels even back then, that it was always the intention that they were gonna, they were gonna do the prequels. Yeah, well, surely if George knew he was going to do the prequels he would have put much more effort and thought because there's actual um, I don't know if you've seen it but uh, during post-production when they done the first test viewing of all the, the producers the director um, the writers people that worked on the film were all in uh, like a mini cinema watching it and George even George said it himself I think I may have gone too far in part, so he knew yeah. it was a bad film. And I think the best thing 
would have been to delay it and fix those problems because Star Wars fans would have waited. They would have yeah. been annoyed, but they would have waited. And I think they would have preferred um, for George to perfect, perfect the film. Um, and he just didn't do that because yeah. I think the anticipation was so much that he was scared to maybe postpone it. Because yeah. I think that the, what... Do you know, I what, think. What's that? out you wanted him to honor honor the original as well and how you felt about the original and i don't think he did that no not because what's good about the original i think it's it's the characters and it's the relationship between the characters and everything like that and i always thought that the the prequels were all a bit sterile the dialogue was even worse than the original films and you never really liked the characters that much i think yeah it's it's hard with the characters because like um there's always when there's going to be new characters, it's going to be harder to, I don't know if, if it's the right word, but to like them because you've grown up with the other characters, but even still, that doesn't, they were written poorly. Um, like I said, the dialogue is so bad. It. I don't know why George Lucas insists on writing dialogue in his films. I mean, I know he tried to uh, get Steven Spielberg and Ron Howard to direct the film, but they were like, no, nah, it's it's your product. You should do it. We we feel like this is a big event. You should direct your own film. So maybe that could have uh, made it better. I don't know. But like I said, with that writing, it's just it all starts right. on the writing. Yeah, and again, it's the reliance on CGI and, mm. and special effects that he couldn't do that with the originals. And I think somehow that's lost some of the charm. Yeah, and I know in <clears throat> excuse me in, in some of the sequels say, um, seven, eight, and nine, mm. you know, they're going backwards in a way to more practical effects. So try and do it as a practical effect instead of CGI. Well, it's just, I think it's, obviously during when the prequels did come out, CGI, especially in film, was still a very new thing. Um, <clears throat> and sometimes when, when it's a new it's a new thing, it's like a new toy, you play with it yeah. and maybe overly do it uh, in certain scenes. And I think, obviously, with the sequels, even though they weren't perfect, they at least perfected that where they brought in the, the set designs again, like the originals, and they do feel a bit more like, like the originals than they do the prequels. Yeah. But like I said, all I can say is, is Phantom Menace is... Cause don't get me wrong, we're, we're all huge Star Wars fans here. Mm-hmm. I can watch the Phantom Menace. It's not offensive. Um I'm not like when I watch it, I'm not disgusted by how bad it is. I'm not saying it's bad at all. It's just an okay film. Um, it's still, in parts, it still feels like Star Wars. Um, but yeah, generally, it for a start for a franchise as big as Star Wars, it doesn't feel like a Star yeah. like a Star Wars film. So, but I can say some of the positives: the fight scene at the end between Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan yeah. and Darth Maul is one of the best yeah. in the whole saga. The fact he introduces Darth Maul yeah. as well, that's that's a good character. He's a badass yeah. character, yeah. And uh, I like how they keep him in the background for most of the film. Yeah. He's like this mysterious guy and then the doors open and Jewel the Fate starts playing and it's just, oh, I, I wish... This is, this is the thing that annoys me about this film. If George can do that right, then why can't he do the original? I think he knew what his ending was going to be and he just tried to fill in the the first and second act sort of thing you know it's just 
I think the storyline, you know, the blockade of the planet and all that kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I never got you know, with the prequels. Yeah, there's all this kind of politics trying to... <clears throat> it's trying to... Obviously, it's a, it's a backstory for how, how uh, Palpatine became the Emperor, you know, took took um, took over the Senate. Um, but again, it, it's a lot of it is, is the boring kind of politics stuff when people just want to see battles, lightsaber battles and things. That's the thing with the originals. The, the originals didn't bring nationality, it didn't bring race, it didn't bring... Um, like sexuality didn't bring politics into it. It was just a simple story, and that's why it was so huge. But hey, Star Wars is for kids, right? They're gonna understand all yeah. the government uh, politics and stuff, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and I guess the elephant in the room is Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, like I said, I know, I know it's got. It's almost like a trend nowadays to hate on him, but I just, I just, God, I don't understand it at all. Um, how we go from r2d2 and and in in way c3po even though he's not that liked and like the smart writing um between our main characters i mean han is is one of the funniest characters isn't he but he's so natural and the way he um i think that boils down a lot as well to harrison ford about his acting ability how he um like says his lines in a certain way and like i said that the you can tell that was probably lawrence kazdan's writing instead of george lucas's wasn't yeah. it but yeah, I think he just tried to. He wanted um, comedic relief, which yeah. fair enough. I think you need that, but he just tried to put it all on one yeah. character and it backfired. Like, like you were saying, you know, um, he says Star Wars is written for kids. It's for kids. Um, I I disagree. R two and C three PO were there for comic relief in the originals. He introduced Jar Jar Binks, which is more of a um, slapstick. Yeah, character. It just doesn't. It feels out of place in a Star Wars film. It really does. It doesn't really enhance the story. Having him in just takes it away from the film. You have to make it silly or or stupid, or you don't have to dumb it down just because it's for children. And and that's how Jar Jar Binks feels. It feels like he. It's just a dumbed down version of, of slapstick, and that doesn't. Doesn't yeah. The, the... Yeah. Um, I think with with Phantom Menace as well, the fact is that they kind of have to shoehorn these storylines in so it all lines up yeah. with um, with a new hope. Um, the fact of the pod racing that that was included, so you know, in a new home when when Obi Wan tells Luke, you know, when I first met your father, he was a great pilot. That's so it all lines up, to, and sometimes you don't need that. No, I mean, I think we we all agree that maybe it should have started with Anakin being a bit older. Yeah, possibly. definitely. That's that's another thing. Um, the characters, some characters are good, some characters are bad, and the characters that are bad are. Anakin and Jar Jar and when yeah. two integral characters in the film are that bad it's just it's not good is it no. but yeah I totally agree I would have had him yeah, the, a bit the, older that he built C-3PO and and, and that kind of storyline as well yeah, I just don't buy you into don't need that to, to, yeah 
yeah, like I said, that was just him trying to <clears throat> cheaply tie together two yeah. things. And like like I said previous, you don't need to um something can be left a mystery because that's what makes for good viewing. But it's 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 an okay film, it's just not great. And I don't think it's what most Star Wars fans um would have expected no. after a, that hiatus. Oh. So we're going to move on now to yep. uh, Star Wars episode so two. two. Right. What can you tell me about this film then? Because it's the least watched one. Yeah. For me. I'm trying to remember um, if if we saw it in the cinema or not. I, I have a feeling that we did. A bit left of the cinema feeling very disappointed. Yeah. And obviously recently when um, we, we did do a Star Wars marathon and we watched... Uh, all one to nine, mm. and this is the one that I, I really don't remember a lot from. Um, I remember like the storyline being about the clones, um, and more politics. Yeah, it's heavily to do with politics, this yeah. one. Um, I recently, what like I said, I've only watched this this one about three times, maybe ever. Um, I don't like this film really um for me this film feels the least like star wars in the whole saga um i mean there's there's some good things but unlike phantom menace it just has some of the worst pacing and it has some of the worst dialogue in the whole saga mm-hmm. we're set what 10 years later yeah and there's uh, there's that story, the kind of love story. That's when that starts, isn't it? As yeah. well. And you think you think right. Um, the one of the most important storylines in the whole of Star Wars is the um, romance between Anakin and Padme. Yeah. And you you think they'd give more importance to that, yeah. but no, they the chemistry on screen is just not there. It's so bad and it's so cringy to get through. And there's um, the, the infamous line, I don't like sand, which just sums it up. I was like, where does that, where's that come from? You know, yeah. it's just, it's not good at all. And it's not natural. And it kind of removes you from the film. And at that point, I sunk in my chair. I was like, what is this? This isn't Star Wars at all. Like, at least Phantom Menace sort of felt like Star Wars, but this isn't. Um, especially like, you think of George Lucas, this is his product and he's not going to give that much care into one of the most important storylines in the whole yeah. of Star Wars. But again, I mean, it's got, um, it's got the battle at the end between uh, Duco and Yoda and the, the whole Jedi battle. Yeah, that's not, that's not bad. Which kind of lifts it a little bit, I think. Yeah, and I think if you're going to have one good um, scene, do it at the end. Yeah. Because um, at least people maybe left a bit, I won't say happy, but content, I guess. But yeah, um, there's a few bits I like about this film. I like the uh, the scene on, um, what's it called? The rain, the rain planet, Kowloon. I like the scenes of Kowloon where Obi-Wan uh, goes and discovers about the, the clones. Um, that's the one thing with the prequels that it has over the originals is that because of the use of CGI, not when it's too heavily used, 
But when uh, the use of CGI allows you to do much more um, like planet building and universe yeah. building and you, you, you didn't get to go to all, all these different planets in the originals. Uh, but I mean, like you said, the, the last, like the amphitheater fight was good. Yeah. Um, the last fight was good, but really apart from that, I really can't think of anything good about this. And uh, there's the scene on Tatooine um, where Anakin uh, kills all the um, the uh, what they sand people. yeah sand people, and this was meant to be like the first signs of Anakin turning to the yeah falling side. to the yeah. dark side, and it, it's just that we're going to Hayden Chris in a sec, <laughs> but it's just so yeah poorly done. Um, I think that takes us into Hayden Chris. I find it really slow paced. Yeah, it's just a boring film, isn't it? Apart from the sort of fight scenes, everything, you know, the whole relationship between um, Anakin and uh, Amidala, it it just, yeah, it just just slows the film down. Like I said, it it is a proper slog of a film to get through. And when a Star Wars film is a slog to get through, you know it's a bad film. but yeah, like I said, I think we should get into uh, Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen's character as 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 Anakin, it just makes him. He's just a whiny bitch. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it just doesn't feel right. It's not. It it's not Vader, right. is it? No. Yeah, that's not how I. That's not how I. I would view Vader. Um, I know they were. They were looking for, at the time. They were looking to hire. Uh, Heath Ledger, um, I think they got Leonardo DiCaprio in as well. Uh, anyone would have been better as, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know what made him. Yeah, but you, you look at Luke. When Luke first you know, came on the scene, he was the same. He was a whiny little bitch as well. But it just might be Lucas's choice. I don't know. Yeah. But also with Luke, it was helped because he was on a much, much, much better film. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Yeah. It does help, but... Yeah, like I said, I know it's a bit of a bandwagon again to, to jump on, but he is one of the main reasons why this film, because ultimately Star Wars is Darth Vader's story and he is the main character throughout all of this. He may not have the most screen time, but he is the main character, it is his story. And when the main character's bad, and the film's yeah. going to be bad, isn't it? It's yeah. just inevitable, really. And there's no real redeeming factors about this film. I mean, you could say, argue that, yeah, the dialogue didn't give him a lot, really, to work with. But then you've got all the other actors around him that seem to handle it okay. Yeah. You know, and McGregor, I mean, you, you would put him on a par with Alec Guinness, wouldn't you, as uh, Obi-Wan? Not as actors, of course. Yeah. But I like, uh, I did, I think and McGregor was one of the uh, shining lights of the prequels. Yeah. Um and I, I don't know if that that because his because they're like the two main characters in in the two next films. I don't know if because he was portrayed so well that just made um, Aiden Christensen's portrayal of Anakin even worse. Yeah. But yeah, it's he's it's not a I can understand because he's young. Maybe his acting ability wasn't all there. And I've heard that he's actually a decent actor now, but now he's grown up. But yeah, Hayden Christensen is well, not so, good. Because they are going to be spinning off, aren't they? He's going to appear yeah. in the Obi-Wan 
um, series, Disney Plus series. Which I can't wait for. Um, They're currently filming that at the moment. Yeah. So, But if, if it's anything like the prequels, then God, help. <laughs> I think well, I, I think one of the same things is Lucas isn't involved, is he, in that? No. So, Which I don't know. I don't know how that how that would would pan out. I mean, the there's been some great things that Lucas has been involved in. There's been some bad things that Lucas has been involved in. Um, but then again, the sequels, Lucas didn't. Lucas actually, when he sold uh, the rights to Star Wars over to Disney, he had a sequel. All all three sequel films. He had a story like, right, if you can run with this and stuff, this would be good. But they. Um, went they were like no we're not going to do that and they went off in their own way we all know how the sequels turned out but yeah I think is there anything else any of you want to add or I think the, the only saving grace the film is it introduced us to Mace Windu yeah no no Phantom Mace does so, oh sorry yeah yeah sorry but, but he had a much he had, but a, he had a much bigger role bigger and role he you see the first uh, time he yeah. um, uses a lightsaber and he is a badass lightsaber user because he uses um I think it's the pod which yeah. is his own version of the uh, I think it's the seventh don't quote when it's, it's over the fifth or the seventh lightsaber lightsaber fighting style and it's his own version of it but yeah he's he's a badass character because it's Samuel Jackson isn't it mm-hmm. but yeah is there anything else Neville you want to add or okay right I think we should move on to yeah. Avenger of the Sith then. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember if I saw this in the cinema, and I can't remember. I think maybe after the last film, we maybe didn't see it in the cinema. Mm. Did it put you off? Yeah, I'm maybe, maybe did. I don't blame you. Um, I don't blame you whatsoever. <laughs> but this is, uh, that was released in 2005. Um, I'm not sure how how far in in it's set set uh it's set a couple couple of years after yeah. I think uh Anakin was 21 in this one yeah. and I think he was 17 18 19 in the last one so it's only set a couple of years later and all already off the bat you know how much I love this yeah. film um I don't know if it's cuz I am a part of that old, that younger generation but you can already tell um, as soon as the the credits roll, the the um, beginning credits is such a better movie. Uh, there's a first scene of the Battle of Coruscant, and it's uh, Anakin and Obi Wan in their little um, fighter, whatever you call them, um, ships, and uh, it's just action straight away. And that's what Star Wars should be: it should be action, and uh, the CGI is considerably better um i don't know obviously this is probably due to it being uh newer or modern but yeah it's not thrown as in your face as the cgi was in uh, attack of the clones um and the like i said the first fight scene is between anakin obi-wan and count dooku which is very important and it's what the first 20 minutes of the film yeah so it kind of does more action than the first two do in the first two films um, in the first 20 minutes. And like I said, that's a good way to start off with a uh, Star Wars film because it yeah. gets you into the film. Uh, um, 
was it the Clone Wars where Anakin marries Amidala? Yes, at the, uh, at the end, yeah, he marries they secretly married, don't they? Yeah, because uh, Jedi's aren't Clone allowed Wars to yeah. marry. And it's in this one where she reveals that she's pregnant. Yep, uh, that's after they return yeah. home with uh, Palpatine. And Anakin has nightmares about Padme dying during childbirth. There's a few on, um, there's actually a few conspiracy theories. A lot of people yeah. believe that that was uh, Palpatine um, who falsely put those, using the force, falsely put those dreams in, in his head that she was never going to die. Um, and I just, I can see that's, that's, that is something that Palpatine, of course, would do. But yeah, like I said, it's it's this film. I don't know what it is about this film, but it's just, don't get me wrong, it's, Got nothing on the on the original trilogy, but it's just hands in the bar, hands down better than yeah. than the previous. Well, it's, it's got the storylines a lot better. Yeah, and it's, it's got, more clearer. It's uh, yeah, I mean, it's got the obviously the dis- descent of Anakin into becoming Darth Vader mm. um, much more than. I mean, you, you could actually say we don't really need. Um, the Clone Wars film. Yeah. We could have just had these two and it would have been better because... That's the thing. It's, it's annoying because, like like you said previous, where there are prequels, they got three films of content before them. Uh, the Clone Wars was a huge part of um, Star Wars. Um, so George hadn't... He had to include it. It's just a shame. But, yeah, I'm, I, I agree with you. This film is has a clear first act, second act, third act, and it's paced so much better and it doesn't feel like a huge um, slog to get through. Um, I think it's entertaining and I, and this is probably, I think this is my most watched Star Wars of all time because it is just one of the easiest ones to put in. Because, yes, yeah, it's a Star Wars one, but it's also just a decent action film, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, it's... It was always going to be my favourite of the prequels because it is the one where you see Darth Vader emerge. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, and it can turn into Darth Vader. Yeah. Um, the, it, there's a little, there's a few negatives. Um, but this isn't me saying it personally, but I've heard a lot of people they have a bit of a problem with how fast that Anakin turns. But yeah. I think personally, if he He's lost his mother. He loves Padme so much. If he thinks Padme's going to die, he'd do anything for her. So yeah. I, I disagree with that point. Um, the dialogue again, even though it's much better than the original, the, the original two, it's still at, at points quite bad. Like on the Battle of Mustafar, when it's um, they're fighting and they haven't, they, they've done about three, four minutes of fighting and then they stop and then. Anakin's like my point of view the Jedi are evil and it's just like it's just not good it's like not natural it's not something if you are in the middle of a fight you're not just going to say that are you you know no. um, but yeah really apart from that I can't think of anything really so so bad about this film uh, I I like the uh, really... the only thing like like you said earlier is is, is again about um, Anakin's fall into darkness is, is because of his love for Padme. Yeah. But that lacks because of the lack of chemistry between them both, between the two yeah. actors. 
yeah um you, you yeah. kind of it, it almost makes it not believable yeah you're very true um i would say it's better in this film but between them but that's because they don't have as much on air time as they did you know is a real <laughs> focal point wasn't it or the or the attack of the clones but um some of the positives i i think the best uh thing about this film is Ian McDermott as Palpatine. I think Pal I love Palpatine. He especially in this film how manipulative manipulative he is. He he I love him so much because he knows how powerful he is. Even when he's fighting Yoda, who's the grandmaster, he he's just laughing. He's take he, he doesn't even need to wield a lightsaber. Um he's just so dark and and mysterious and you can fully see who Palpatine was even when he was Senator Palpatine, you know? Um, he has a set plan. He plans to overturn the Republic, make it an empire, get Anakin by his side. He uh, he sacrifices Dooku in order to get Anakin. And yeah, I think uh, Ian McDermott is a huge plus of this movie. Because obviously there's a wider Star Wars universe that involves the, the, the cartoon series. Clone Wars. Clone Wars, mm. along with books and graphic novels. So there's lots of different... <clears throat> theories as well yeah um, it's a shame because Disney um, <laughs> Disney um, yeah, when, well, they, well. when they made the, the, the sequels they, they, they disregarded yeah. everything which is absolutely yeah. ridiculous it's not their product and they've done that but Cause, um, there's theories that um, Sidious is actually Anakin's father that he's yeah. able to um, Manipulate the um, the yeah. to make it, yeah, because um, he's obviously able to cheat death. He, he can also create life. Also, and uh, um, he's actually there's one point he was able to transfer his soul into a clone of his. Yeah, there's so many clones. He's, yeah. he's had a second, um, and, and the clones are canon. Yeah, of Palpatine, yeah. seen in Episode Nine. Um, and there is a graphic novel where Luke. Briefly becomes his apprentice. Wow, I didn't and know that. Descends wow. into the dark side. That'd be an interesting so, movie, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, but that's that's one that Disney completely disregarded yeah. when they made. That's one not many people sequels. like Disney Star Wars. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I heard about the uh, Palpatine being a father. I also yeah. heard about um, Darth Plagueis potentially being the, the, um, the well, father because yeah. he. Because uh, the ruler, the ruler three, um, Sidious killed. Yeah, sorry, ruler two. Sidious killed Plagueis, didn't he? When yeah. he took Maul, Darth Maul as a as an mm. apprentice. Because they can only by Darth Bane. Darth yeah. Bane made the ruler two. There can only be two Sith at any one point. Yeah, well, there can only be one Sith Lord and one apprentice. And uh, Darth Plagueis, who, if anyone doesn't know, is was Palpatine's uh, master. His uh, Sith Lord. Um, when Palpatine got powerful enough, he killed Plagueis in his sleep. Uh, he actually mentions Plagueis, and I love that scene as well. I think that's a very good scene um, when he talks about the legend of Darth Plagueis, that how he was so strong in the Force itself that he could um, manipulate the midichlorians. And that's what people think uh, with Shmi, um, who's Anakin's mum. Yeah. Some people think it's either Plagueis or Palpatine, they manipulated uh, Shmi and she gave birth to uh, Anakin and 
and it made pretty. It's like a pretty cool story because it's like they plotted for this. They knew that Anakin was going to grow up really strong, and they were going to take him as their own. But um, yeah, like I said, the the actual scene where he explains that is uh, is amazing, and I think a lot a large part of that is it's it's well written, of course, but obviously. It's the uh, way how Ian McDermott delivers it that just shows how good of an actor he is and it's like chilling and it's intriguing and uh, there's no talking going on. You're fully focused on this on the scene as it's playing out. Okay. So before we move on, is there any other comments or...? Uh, I love... So there's a lot of things I love about this film. I love the uh, the fight scene between Mace Windu and Palpatine. Uh, it's I think it's what what this film does very well is there's a scene where Anakin um, finds out that Palpatine is the Sith Lord that they've been looking for, and Anakin actually threatens him. He um, ignites his lightsaber, and you're like, oh my god, where's it? Where's this film going to go? Because I thought Anakin was meant to be under control of Palpatine. But no, he's actually going to fight back. But then he goes to Mace, and Mace is like, "No, you're you're too, um, you're too confused at the moment. The Force judge like clouds your judgment." So they he goes with uh, uh, Kit Fisto and two others, Jello Masters. I can't remember. And the the fight scene between Palpatine and Mace is absolutely amazing because it's the first time we see um, Palpatine fight. World lightsaber because we hear about how powerful he is and in the force, and that he knows all seven uh, lightsaber combat styles. But I just think it's a great scene. And when Anakin comes, he kind of has to choose between. He makes his choice, uh, chooses to side with Palpatine because he promises he can save the ones he loves. Um, and then you got the great scene where Anakin is bowed and uh, Palpatine. Uh, Rises him and call and changes his name to Darth Vader. He's like, henceforth you shall be known as Darth Vader, and it's chilled. And the scene after that is the Order sixty six scene, which is a huge scene and a huge part of the whole Star Wars saga. Um, it's how Palpatine. Uh, people are probably thinking, well, how can two Siths take over the whole Jedi Order? Well, the clones were were Palpatines. And he just made them work with the Jedi until it was it was his right time. And the clones turn uh, after Order 66 and they kill off all the Jedis, all the younglings. And um, of course, a few survived, a few Jedi survived, but it's, a, it's a, like a proper gut punch. It's a heartbreaking scene as you see like all, all your Jedi, favorite Jedis being killed. And there's a brilliant... Uh, piece of music called Anakin's Betrayal playing over it and yes yeah, proper tear especially the um the, the very infamous youngling scene because that that is the one thing you don't do in films is kill or harm kids especially as, as an adult and George done it and I think he had to because I think that just shows how willing and how dark Anakin was at this point. Well, he's not even called Anakin anymore at this point, in my opinion. He's Darth Vader was, and that that's a really effective. He's like, oh my god, he's he's actually willing to uh, do this to save Padme. But um, so yeah, the Order sixty scene is good, uh, and finally uh, the ending scene, the whole 
battle, the whole Mustafa scene is, is one of the best scenes in Star Wars, in my opinion. I think this is one of the, the rare times that George Lucas's dialogue is actually really good. They both have, um, Obi-Wan follows Anakin to Mustafa, um, and they both have these this, this emotional uh, plea with each other to, to um, join them in either side. They both have their monologues back and forth, and then it gets into the, the lights, the actual lightsaber battle. And a lot of people aren't a fan of them, but I love the prequel um, version of lightsaber battles because they're really choreographed. They're really um, people like it looks dumb, but you think these are these are Jedi in their peak and they're too powerful Jedi. They're going to be like that, and it's just perfectly choreographed. Really good action. Um, maybe overdone at some points with the CGI. It looks more like a video game sometimes, but then obviously you got the scene where. Spoiler alert, Obi, uh, due to Anakin's arrogance, Obi takes the high ground. He's like, don't do it and uh, don't try it. And Anakin's like, you underestimate my power because he thought he was the most powerful guy. Uh, tries to tries to better him, gets, gets his limbs cut off and there's that heartbreaking scene with Obi. So, um, you were the chosen one. Uh it was said you destroyed a Sith, not to, not uh, not uh, join them. Uh, you were my brother, Anakin. I loved you, and that's the first time you uh, see Anakin and everyone together um, since the the scene where they part ways, where Anakin uh, Anakin goes off to Pal. I think it's Anakin goes off to Palpatine, and then Obi goes off to fight Grievous, and literally the last. Uh, scene before that what makes it so heartbreaking is the last scene is uh they're like going on about how good good of friends they are they're basically brothers and yeah it adds proper raw emotion that these prequel films have seriously been lacking and then obviously you got the the, the great scene of uh padme giving birth to luke and leia obviously a much important uh aspect of the film uh and then the the what can I describe as legendary scene with uh, Vader being suited up and it's perfect up until he, <laughs> he shouts out, no, but yeah, yeah. It, it, it really intrigued me when I first watched it because <laughs> even when he, he gets suited on uh, and Palpatine uh, talks to him, the first thing he doesn't even acknowledge Palpatine. He asks for Padme. He's like, uh, where is Padme? Is she safe? Is she all right? And Palpatine, being the manipulative son of a bitch he is, he's like, it appears in your anger you killed her when he didn't kill her. It was her, like, um, she, uh, what was it? She lacked the will to live. And uh, he's, he's second guess. He's like, I couldn't have, I couldn't have, uh, She's she was alive, I felt it. And then you see him just rip from the shackle, like the, the table he's in and then unfortunately says the quite comedic no but um it ends with uh leia going with bane organa on uh Alderaan. and then obi-wan going to tatooine and giving uh owen and uh aunt baru the uh luke as a baby and it's got that brilliant throwback scene because they're still in the same house and it's the, the uh, binary sunset and it ends like that. So I think, yeah, hands and above, hands down, this is the best prequel film and I think it is a very 
in its own right, it deserves to be in a Star Wars saga. So I know I waffled on for ages, but yeah, this is a favourite yeah. of mine. Anything else you want to add, Nebuk? Okay, so if we move on to the next one, which is going to be A New Hope. Finally, we've reached uh, a good one. <laughs> so I'll let you start off because this well, is... I mean, there's, there's so much. Um, yeah. Mythology just around the film, the making of it, anyway. Mm. Um, you've got George Lucas who made... His first film was THX 1138, yeah. which, which didn't didn't do well. No. Um, it was produced by American Zoetrope, which was uh, Francis Ford Coppola's uh, production company. Um I'm not sure which which company produced it, but they demanded their money back. So it almost bankrupt. Well, it did actually bankrupt um, the company. Did yeah, it, oh, it wow. bankrupted the Coppola's company. Um, then he made American Graffiti, and that, that was a relative success, wasn't it? Yeah, um, and I think he offered. Um, he offered Star Wars to Universal initially, and I yeah. think they passed on that. Yeah, because he was trying that. to find loads of different yeah. who would take his film. That's who made American Graffiti. Mm. Um, and I think it was finally, it was Alan Ladd at Fox. Yeah. Liked American Graffiti, didn't, apparently didn't understand the Star Wars story. Um, that actually gave him um, the film, essentially. Um, he barely gave him any money either, was it? What? Uh, it was a small, I think it was about 10 million, maybe yeah, 8 million pound there. budget, mm. uh, dollar budget. Um, and obviously there's a lot of <laughs> mythology around the casting of the, the film. As yes. well, that he, I mean, the legendary, the actual yeah, casting tapes, um, that he, uh, he shared casting with Brandon Palmer because Brandon Palmer was making another film at the same time. Um, that he, cast in groups so he would cast three actors um you know Han Solo Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia just to just for the chemistry really between mm. them um and I believe it was down to two groups and I think it was uh Lucas's wife who said go with Han Solo was uh go with mm, that's interesting because uh, obviously, uh, Harrison Ford was in American Graffiti, yeah. and George didn't want any previous actors in no. his film. And I believe uh, Harrison at the time was a carpenter, but he was also helping George read lines. And uh, I know uh, well, Al Pacino; they, he had they supposedly they they gave him a job doing some work around the office, mm. and then they would have him, I think, help out with the casting. Um, you know, they'd have him read lines with other actors mm. and they realised that he was so He's good. He's actually good. Yeah. But yeah, like Al Pacino had, he yeah. passed up the chance. Um, Kurt, Kurt Russell, yeah. Famously. There was, there was a lot of famous people, even though this was a, 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 at the time a, a small film, yeah. there was a lot of famous people that, that yeah. they cast, they, they were they brought in for reading lines and there's a lot of famous people that turned down these roles. Yeah. I bet they'd regret that. But um, Al Pacino certainly does, doesn't he? But... It's just amazing how this this film with bigger Star Wars started out basically nothing. It was yeah. it was a nothing film. Um, 
and obviously the, the marquee casting was Alec Guinness. Yeah. Really. Uh, and I think when he was, um, when he actually read the, the script, he said, you know, the dialogue, the actual writing wasn't good. No. He couldn't put it down. Yeah. He wanted to, because you actually, um, you actually, you become emotionally connected to the characters and you want to see what happens mm. to them. So that's yeah, why yeah. you have to keep turning the Turn page. the page, yeah. And yeah, just to get a, a Shakespearean trained stage actor who's obviously won an Oscar as well, it, it brings huge, um, people are going to look and they all yeah. want to be part of that film. And then obviously you had um, Peter Cushing as well, another... Yeah. A hammer legend. Yeah. Um, as Grand Moff Tarkin. Um, he's a huge, um, he's a huge delight about this film. He's very yeah. good. He's very evil. Um, and then, obviously they filmed, um, they filmed the, 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 the actual Tatooine was in Tunisia. Yep. And then the rest was at uh, L Street Studios. Mm. And there is a good documentary called L Street 77. And uh, <laughs> I don't know what that was. Yeah, we've actually got somebody who wants to uh, wants to join. Wants to join. Why not? So, Why not? Yeah. So waiting for their <laughs> for their feedback. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So well, they've joined. Hello. Three Addictive Podcaster is a speaker now. No? Hmm. <laughs> we've got to send a... We've got to send a... Hmm. They can't hear us. Uh, Send you another invite. Yep, send you another invite. Hello, Three Addictive Podcast. Yeah, I don't know what's, what's no. going on, to be fair. <laughs> no, we can't hear you. Yeah, we can't hear you. It's not even coming up in there. No. Like I said, it has to happen live on air, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Hello. Yeah. You can hear us, but you know, you can't hear you can't hear him. Ice calls ended. All right. Yeah. So if we just carry on. Um if you have any thoughts, just put them in the uh yeah, put them in the chat, chat and we, we can read we them. We can read them out for you. Um, I know uh Mo, this, this, especially in New Hope, um, about how much of a task it was to actually get this film over the line. Um, there was many uh, hurdles I have to overcome, and that's what makes it even better. But um, I don't know if you want to start off with some of the problems. Yeah, I mean, obviously technology as well. Um, mm. the, the actual special effects... Um, Lucas assembled 
um, a special effects team um, to produce, and they, they <laughs> a lot of the stuff techniques they had to invent. Because yeah, ILM were literally yeah winging yeah. it, as a, yeah. and I think they'd they'd spent a million dollars of the two million budget and hadn't shot a single scene, mm. and so I think that's when Lucas decided he was going to take over. Um, control of the actual production of the special effects because obviously they would they were done afterwards yeah um so yeah so they that was that was one of the the big hurdles um i think probably the, the only film that really came close to before that was 2001 mm. um but yeah this sort of groundbreaking computer controlled um cameras well, that's what they're known for, isn't it, ILM? Yeah. Um, they really were using state-of-the-art technology that they invented themselves. Um, like you said, the, the, the year 1977, um, it was hard to, to kind of uh, create the effects for this, so they used a lot of um, beautiful set designs. They actually went to the physical places. Um, there's, like I said, there's so many things that have gone wrong in this film in the pre-production um, I mean, they were getting really, really pressured by Fox, weren't they? Yeah. Fox wanted them to move along, and uh, this put immense pressure on George. I believe it didn't he become depressed or something as well, filming this? Yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he hated filming in Tunisia. Um, well, obviously in, in Tunisia, the, it was the, um, the the tremendous heat. Uh, all the robotics were failing. Uh, it was just really uh, a shit show. Pardon my French. Yeah. But also the you had the storm as well that yeah. ruined part of the set. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it really they were, they were really out of luck when filming this film. And according to Harrison Ford, uh, Lucas didn't really like dealing with people. No, didn't really give a lot of direction. Um, well, his, his famous direction is is <clears throat> faster and and more intense. Yeah, I think that was it. Well, that's the only direction he gave. Um, <laughs> Even even back in Elstree, things were things yeah. were still the same. Um, the uh, the regulations you weren't only you were only allowed to film to a certain time, weren't you? It's five o'clock, and if you wanted to, you could have an extra fifteen minutes yeah. if you got the permission of the um, the, the production manager. Mm. Um, and then he said, "Oh, the, the British crew used to disappear off to the pub." Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, when we say it was a real yeah. struggle and challenge to get this film out, it's, it's amazing how they did yeah. in the end. Like there were so many things going against it, and I think almost this pressure and um, this mountain they had to climb almost uh, added to yeah. how great this film is. You know, because I think at one point they even considered actually scrapping it, didn't they? Um, I think the mm. studio Fox weren't happy. Um, Can you imagine? With the, yeah. World about Star Wars, and I think because they they saw a rough cut of film without the special effects, without the music, yeah, and yeah, they weren't happy with the the results. Um, Obviously, a, a huge part of this film was um, George acquiring the services of John Williams. Yeah, um, with that uh, story of them of them watching the film without nothing, they thought it was really really. They actually thought it was a bad film when there was no music, there was no special effects. And just there being John Williams 
soundtrack on top of it, it completely turned the film into something great. It actually brought a lot of grown men to tears, didn't it, in in the actual room of them watching it. Um, We do love um, scores, don't we? We love film scores. Mm -hmm. We pop into it. Um, What is your favourite of of A New Hope, would you say? It's got to be the... um... Final Sunset, would you say? Final Sunset, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah, great. Yeah, because mm. it is emotional. I love, Definitely I love emotional. the binary sunset, but I also love the throne room scene. Yeah, at the end. And, yeah, it's very good. Um, throughout, it's 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 brilliant, isn't it? Uh, I love. Something I found out yesterday mm. as well is that Wookies apparently Chewie didn't want a medal because Wookies it's don't not in their culture, is it? Medals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this whole thing about him not getting a medal. Yeah, it just and Disney had to go and ruin it by giving him a medal. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's against their culture, yeah. isn't it? Um but yeah, like I said, they don't want to be rewarded for it's this is the thing about Star Wars. We can sit here and talk for ten hours about all Please the different law. <laughs> People would still watch it though. No, I, think, I mean Star Wars is groundbreaking. Um it defined the I think it redefined the whole sci-fi well mm. it's not really what people say it's not a sci-fi it's more of a fantasy space opera yeah. there's western overtones there's the the kind of japanese samurai overtones as well so it like i say it's it's kind of redefined the whole genre you've got so many films that have been based on star wars not based on star wars but but using star wars as a as a template for making mm. science fiction films, obviously phenomenally success. Um, it uh, didn't it make seven hundred seven hundred odd million dollars at the top. That's in nineteen seventy seven, yeah. I believe. I, I don't even know what that is in nowadays money. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, do you have the exact number? Seven hundred seventy five million, and that's surpassing Jaws to become the highest grossing film of all time. And uh, yeah, because it was released in, they were, they were so unsure about. It. I think <laughs> they were doing the promos in December, and they mm. didn't. They they couldn't show a trailer from the film because they didn't have any completed shots, did they? No. So um, it got released. I mean, the, the the studio was so they they really didn't think it was going to be successful normally a, a big film would get released in june wouldn't it and they released it's it a blockbuster yeah. yeah they released it a month earlier in may um and it was just a phenomenal success although it didn't get released in the uk till december i can remember oh, I... going to have to see it it's in the moment um and it was it was just even just queuing around the block. It was just so exciting because it was just something that I'd, I'd never done before and, yeah. and never witnessed. And obviously the marketing campaign around it as well. Um, you had actually merchandise was being sold even before the film came out. Yeah, and that's obviously a, a huge part yeah. of Star Wars with the Kenner and yeah. everything. I mean, they they've actually made more money off the toys than the whole films put together. And obviously with Kenner, there was um, they weren't actually prepared, were they? No. So they didn't expect to get that many pre pre-orders. <laughs> they were actually selling like certificates um, because yeah. the toys weren't ready. It's like a promise, a guarantee, yeah. wasn't and it? Yeah. It was a promise to say that, yeah, this is your certificate. We'll we'll post you the um, the figure mm. when it's ready. Yeah, it's it's 
so just a bit off topic um a new hope in today's money made three billion three and a half billion dollars in today's yeah. money that's just so that, um that's, that's just incredible it's amazing yeah. but what i mean with um when we say star wars it was just called star wars at the time wasn't it yeah. because uh i don't know if you want to go into the whole well no it's it's written this whole space saga it was he was a fan of like the flash god and um they used to have like these uh in the 40s the serials yeah um flash gone that kind of thing so he, he wanted to he originally tried to get the rights to, to actually flash gone to film that but he, he lost out to dino de Laurentiis, who made the flash garden film yeah so he, he decided to write his own and in order to write kind of star wars he had to write a whole a whole story so the backstory became the prequels mm. star wars he said well it's too big to just make in one film well i'll i'll cut it up and I'll make the film about the first part. Yeah. It's always intended to be a three-part film. But what, what must give credit to George Lucas is that he, um, for every like single character, he, he made a backstory for them and every little single detail, he wrote a bit of extra information. Like I said, with his dialogue is not his thing, but as, as in coming up with a story, it, and his story writing is, is just unmatched in my opinion. Um, even like little side characters, he, he made a whole backstory, and this was what made it easier for him. That's why I don't get how the prequels are so bad, but that's obviously in the past. But yeah, like I said, he um, this is what he does say, even though it is widely criticised. People people don't really believe it, or you know, because it's a lot of people say this isn't my opinion, but a lot of people say that when Star Wars was released, it was just called Star Wars. It wasn't called Episode 4, New Hope. Um, a lot of people believe then when it came out that he wrote uh, the next one, but I don't believe that. I think he did. Uh, he's even showed the huge script he had. It was, I can't, God knows how many pages long. Um, but going delving into actually what makes the film great, what you can't sum it up in one thing, can you? Like, what what good parts of this of this film would you like to bring to the table i just think it, it you look at the films being made at the time mm. um in this in the 70s so you've, you've got like godfather french connection so they're all kind of gritty drama films yeah and this was kind of against that mm. genre um and i think it's just this the story is one that's common you know this young young man being taken on the wing by an older guy, um, basically good and evil. It's well-defined who's yeah. good, who's evil in it as well. Mm. So it's a very simple story, but I don't know what it is. It's just everything comes together. When we, it, we when often... it, when it, sorry, sorry when go, it go on. starts, you've got this huge sort of like galactic feel to everything. Mm. Um but essentially, it's a story about friendship and loyalty, and 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 that it's a, a very like like Robbo says, it's a very small story about that, but set in this huge wide universe. Um, and and I can I can definitely remember being sat there, and and it feeling so so large and so big, but 
the, the characters and the story still being I, I could relate to, um, even as a kid. Like I said, I, I, that's one thing I wish I, I would have um, really experienced it in cinemas because I can't imagine like having to grow up through the 70s and not that 70s was one of the greatest decades of, of film. It's just like Robbo said, the, the Godfather, um, you got French Connection, Town Inferno, you got a lot of disaster flicks, Earthquake, and then you see this this small film that takes you to different uh, different planets and yeah. uh, takes you outside of of the the Earth itself and all its problems. And and I can't imagine how that would feel like back back mm. in the day. But um, it's just amazing what this this relatively small film achieved. Really, like I said, it was a, a definitely uh, we think us personally we think that that George not got lucky with it because it was his thing but he uh it just happened to be that he wrote this great film and uh directed it brilliantly like I said all, all the things that uh all the troubles that he had with with pre post production they just fell into place and they made this amazing film and I think a New Hope was the the perfect film to start off. Even though it's the fourth, it was the perfect film to start off the the actual Star Wars cinematic run. Um, is there anything else you want to mention about A New Hope? I just think what what makes it good is the fact is the, is the story. Yeah, um, it's so simple, isn't it? But it's effective and yeah, it works. Yeah, and it's got characters that are actually likable, and you care about what happens to them. And I think in a lot of ways, in, in some of the other films, you, you really don't, they're not really likeable characters. No. Because that's really the main thing about yeah. a film is, is the characters. If, if you can't uh, not see yourself in the character, but if you can't um, accept them almost, then uh, for me personally, my interest just wanes in the mm -hmm. film because they're the people we're meant to be focusing on. They're the focal point of the film. And if... The film can't even get that right, then the yeah. film's got no chance, you know. But um, any specific specific scenes that you love in general? Or? Um, that's the same. Like, um, I don't know, just the whole film, I think, is... It just gels it's, it's together, just, yeah, blends together so well. You can't really pick out one scene that is, is better than the rest. Obviously, the, the battle scene at the end is, yeah. is good. It really um, designed this yeah. film. Um, I love the whole uh, intro of Obi-Wan. I think that's amazing. I think uh, that's who Obi-Wan, that's how he would introduce himself. Yeah. Um, I love the whole uh, Mos uh, Eisley spaceport scene. Well, the, the, the story is that he, um, when he, when he took the young Luke to his Uncle Owen, that he stayed close by and used the force to to disguise or to hide Luke from, yeah. from the Emperor. That's why he was brought to Tatooine because yeah, it was a derelict was, planet, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So that's kind of the story behind it. Um, yeah, like I said, it just, it, it's great scene after great scene. Um, and yeah, like I said, there's nothing you can really fully, fully pinpoint that makes this film great. It's yeah. just all great, isn't it? It's just yeah. a, for me, it has a couple minor flaws, but it's a, Mildly flawed masterpiece, in my opinion. So that's the only way I can sum up. Is there anything else from you, Nebulet? No, all good. Okay. Right. So we're going to move on to episode five, which is The Empire Strikes mm. Back. 
and it's widely regarded as the best Star Wars film. Yeah. It appears in a lot of lists, and that's that's unusual for a sequel to be considered better than the original. Mm. I mean, obviously, the original, people love it because it started the whole Law series, story, yeah. Um, for this one, Lucas decided he didn't want to direct another film, so he, he, he handed over direct to directing duties to Irving Kirshner, who was, I believe, one of his professors at mm. the UCLA Film School. Yeah. And, and I don't know what, what it is about this film. Obviously, they were given a bigger budget, um, Lucas had more because I think Lucas produced it himself, so he had more control over it as mm. well. Um, but I just don't know what about what it is about it that it's a much darker story. Yeah, um, I think Lucas describes it as like a three act play. This is the second part of the three act play where anything and everything happens to your protagonist. You know, you put them in the worst situation that they can be, mm. um, and at the end. You know, you feel that they're kind of losing. Well, there's, I can't, obviously I may be wrong, but I can't think of a film prior to 1980 that really swaying in the water towards the bad guys winning. It's, it's yeah. a very new thing. And I think it, it that, that's just one of the many reasons why this film is so great. Cause it's, um, it's and it, it kind of gives you an ending the way you go. Huh? Yeah. Is that it? But it's it's amazing. But obviously, then, it makes you want you want to find out what yeah. happened. Um, it's got one of the biggest plot twists I think yeah. ever. We would say spoiler, but it's common knowledge at this <laughs> yeah. point, isn't it? You know, um, um, it's almost gone into film law itself. Uh, like you said, it's a much much darker film, which I prefer, and this is why it is up there, up there for me. Um, I think it's so the writing in this film is absolutely amazing because I don't it wasn't George Lucas that wrote like wrote the dialogue well, for this I think film. he he wrote the story for all mm. of them but I think it was Lawrence Kasdan yeah and it, and you can the, see the the, the writing is so much better in this film and it feels natural and it's not an eye roller when you hear some yeah. stupid dialogue um obviously it introduces the epic uh, John Williams score which is the Imperial March um, Darth Vader has a lot more screen time um, and obviously the intro to this film uh, we that's one thing we were lucky to see it in cinemas I was lucky to see it in cinemas because they were playing it last year and it's just yeah, a totally different experience 40th anniversary they, they showed it mm. obviously you got the, the intro the, the Hoff scene that kicks it right right into gear Um and yeah, like I said, there's there's not one thing. The thing with Star Wars is, is there's there's an amalgamation of all these brilliant ideas that have come together that you can't really pinpoint. Maybe some films you can say, oh, the action was brilliant, or or the score was brilliant. But this is just all this film, this the Empire film is flawless. It really is. It is top ten films of all time, and it's on many lists of top ten films of all time. And you can see why. Yeah. And it introduces. Uh character of Yoda. Yep. Um, what I love about how uh, Irvin Kershner did this is that he um, revealed, they talk up, they speak of this great warrior, this this master, this grandmaster, and you see like this little um, green frog and he acts very um, um, unlike Yoda, sort of, and uh, almost this is to test Luke, isn't it, at that time, to see how he'd react. 
and you got the scene obviously of him him revealing himself. Um, I just think that's a it's added a bit of of um, story building, character building to that, and it makes it much more uh, puts it in your memory a bit more. Obviously, well, it, sorry. Sorry, no, I was just just going to say, it, and and Yoda actually says, "Judge me by my size," would you? Yeah. You know? yeah. So so, and it is about that, isn't it? Yeah. And it was a worry about the the using a essentially what was a muppet. Yeah. Um, well, they got fan calls, didn't they? Yeah, on board. I mean, obviously worried about how the audience would react because that could, if the audience didn't believe in Yoda, then that would ruin the whole film. Because he's, mm. he's the grandmaster, isn't yeah. he? You know, if, so if people that did, yeah, it did did help a lot having having Frank Oz voice it and and do the uh, the puppeteering for it. Um, obviously introduced Lando Calrissian as a character as well. Yeah, and it, it's. It, because this thing with Han, you you don't really know what his um, past is before that, and it's it's as a different arc, um, bringing someone from his past in. Um, he's he's a good character as well. Um, he's maybe not the the most important character, but um, Billy D. Williams yeah. does play him well. Well, the idea was that I think Harrison Ford was unsure whether he was going to sign on for another film. Yeah. So they brought in Lando Calrissian, and he would have taken over the like the, the Han mm. role had Harrison Ford not been in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. But like I said, it's it's um, it's very well paced. The yeah, you got you know what the first act is, you know what the second act is, and you know what the third act is. It um. Obviously, it's the first time we see the Emperor. Yeah. Obviously, it was played. It was played. What's his name? Can't think of his name. He was played for the original guy who had the weird eyes from the the original 1980. No, no. Um, but yeah, this is one of the most integral uh, films in the Star Wars saga. Um, I think as well, the cinematography is absolutely amazing. Obviously, in the Luke Vader Vader fight scene, um, which is my favorite scene. Uh, in Star Wars, probably. Um, can you think of any any more scenes or? Um, obviously, the, the the Battle of Hoth with the um, the Attats. Yeah. Um, I like the Wampus scene. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, the, it's basically Yeti, isn't yeah, it? You know, yeah. I mean... um, but again, there's, there's just you can't pick you you can't pick a, a bad scene. I don't think. No. Um, I really do think it's a flawless film. Yeah. Uh, if you if you do have a have a flaw, then feel free to write it in the comments, and we'll um, respond back to that. But I really can't think of anything yeah. wrong with this film. So we're going to move on to episode six, yep. Return of the Jedi. My personal favourite one. Yeah. Um, um, so this is uh, essentially the the Empire building a new Death Star. Um, mm. The rebellion find out the Emperor's going to be on on there. Uh, the Death Star's being um, protected by a uh, a force field being generated from the forest moon of Endor. Mm. Um, the rebels find out about this, and so they decide to uh, that's the, that the Emperor is going to be on board. So they think this is their best chance of defeating the Empire if they can destroy the Death Star. What they don't realize is that this is part of the whole Emperor's plan. So he allowed them to 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 get this information, and he plans on 
crushing the rebellion, but also his intention is to, to try and turn Luke to the dark yeah. side. And that's kind of the story line. Well, it's, the, it's the same what he did with um, <clears throat> when Anakin was Luke's age. He, yeah. he was looking for a new, new apprentice. Um, I... Uh, this sorry, this was directed by Richard Marquand, who was a, a, was a Welsh man, Welsh, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. But um, sort of some of the stuff I've seen and read suggests that George Lucas actually did most of the directing himself yeah. as well. He also brought on a Ron Howard a bit, didn't yeah. he, to come on on set? But yeah, I've read that as well. Um, if that's the case, then it's a bit of a shame, yeah. but. Because uh, I know, um, I know some of the, the unwanted additions he had to this film. Yeah. Obviously, we got the whole second act, but we'll get into that as well. But all in all, it's a good film. I enjoyed it. Yep. I think it's probably, I would say, probably my third favorite. Oh, it's definitely as in the um, film, it's definitely the weakest of, the, of yeah. the originals. But the reason why I I love this film the most is because it's the one. Growing up, it's the one that I uh, watched the most. Um, it's the one that I can re of the originals. It's the one that I can rewatch over and over again, and I just I love. I can't tell you how much I love the the final scene in this film. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. But we'll get into it. So obviously it starts off yeah. on Tatooine with with Jabba's palace. Yeah. Well, yeah, because obviously um, Han Solo's been frozen in carbonite. Yeah. Um, he's been taken away by the bounty on the Boba Fett to Jabba's palace. So the first part of the, the film is is almost like a um a prison break there yeah, yeah yeah you know they they rescue him from Jabba's palace i think as well this because it is like a prison break uh thing uh it is as a, as a different story like story we've never seen that with stars yeah. before and it and it's unique so um, i really enjoy that scene then you've got uh obviously luke luke goes back to dagobah to continue his training with yoda mm. Um, Han Solo, they go off to the rendezvous. Um, it's then uh, revealed that uh, the, the when they're going to block the Death Star two, that uh, the Force Moon of Endor, there's a uh, oh, what's it called? There's a um, there's, force field. Though. Yeah, there's a force field being projected from yeah. the Force Moon of Endor. So they have to, the second act, they have to go and and. Uh, destroy, destroy the uh, force field from the force moon of Endor, yeah. so they can destroy the Death Star too. Um, Luke has flashes, flashes. Uh, uh, apparently, the 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 force allows him to see things that might happen in future, and he sees mm. his, his obviously his friends being murdered, basically, murdered. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So he he leaves uh, Yoda protest, but. You know, he says, you, you don't need any more training. You're a Jedi now. Mm. Yes, to face um, Darth Vader. Yeah. Uh, Obi-Wan appears in ghost form mm. um, and tells him that there is another Skywalker. Sorry, no, that's actually uh, Yoda on his deathbed, isn't it? Tells him there's another Skywalker. And he uh, he works out that it's Leah. Um, it's Obi-Wan that tells him that he's got yeah, a sister. sister. And he says, you know, that's that's great, but you've got to suppress that. Because the the emperor would would find that mm. information, um, so then he goes. Uh, they go to the rendezvous. 
then they're part of the team that are going to go destroy the the force field. And um, Luke feels that he's um, that that he almost has to sort of face face his father that he can. He sees the good in him. He can uh, bring him back to the. So he gives himself in, um, thinking mm-hmm. he's thinking that Darth Vader won't won't turn him over to the Emperor, but he does. Mm-hmm. Um, the Han and, and the ground team are actually captured because this is all part of the Emperor's plan. Yeah, but they're actually aided by um, a, a new character or a new species, <laughs> Ewoks. Yep, and. Uh, Ewoks is one of the, the biggest talking points about this film because a lot of people love him, a lot of people hate him. Um, a lot of people say that the reason why George had the Ewoks in is because obviously he, uh, the whole time he had he wanted um, a forest planet, but he wanted it to be originally um, uh, Wookiees live on the planet. But due to, there, there, I don't know how many seven foot actors there was, uh, that couldn't be possible at the time. So he brought in Ewoks and uh, he also saw the monetary value in them because he knew the toys were going to sell at hotcakes. So that's one of the reasons why he brought them in. Me personally, I, where I was a kid and I grew up with these films, I love the Ewoks. Uh, I still do. Um, I can sit through it. I, uh, I think they're funny. I think they're uh, intriguing because it's just another, uh, another creature in the Star Wars universe. Um, I do say what people coming from when they say that, that there, uh, there wasn't any point in them being there, but, um, the, what the, especially the Ewok scene is a very important scene. Um, when Luke is about to, uh, before he goes away and, uh, confronts Darth Vader on Ewok, um, on Endor, um, he, talks to Leia uh, and it's at that point he reveals that they're siblings doesn't he yeah um, <clears throat> Luke goes off he tells Leia that he's going to go off and face Vader because that's what Yoda says that to become a Jedi he needs to confront yeah and and Vader. that's in, in Star Wars lore um, to become a Jedi Knight you have to either do something amazing or you have to defeat a Sith so Luke goes off, confronts Vader, um, and up to that point onwards is some of the best bits of Star Wars you're ever going to see. Uh, I absolutely love this part. Um, like Robbo said, uh, Vader takes Luke in front of the Emperor in the Death, uh, in the Death Star too. Um, and yeah, the whole thro- throne room scene is absolutely amazing. Uh, it's very uh, back and forth. It's it's like it's a lot like Revenge of the Sith, where they're trying to persuade him, they're manipulating him like Palpatine. Ian McDermott is brilliant in this film. He the way he just is so evil and so manipulative, and he he literally sits back while Darth Vader and Luke are fighting for his like his entertainment, isn't it? You know. But in the end, obviously Luke won't turn. So the Emperor says, you know, if you won't turn, you must be destroyed. Mm. And it's it's this this is the the scene at the end. That's the redemption of Anakin Skywalker. I tell you what, you can be the hardest man. You could be spend like twenty years in prison. You could escape Alcatraz, but you shed a tear at this scene because it's just you can see him 
uh, as Luke's getting struck by lightning, you can see Vader um, just almost the cog going in his brain, like, I can't let this happen. You know, he's, he's turning to and fro from Luke to Palpatine, back and forth. And uh, unfortunately, in, in 1997, Lucas had to dub over... Um, James L. Jones' voice uh, with the, the no, no, which I, th- I think does take away from the scene a bit. But yeah, he, uh, Vader picks up Palpatine while he's electrocuting Luke and throws him over the side. Um, the reason why I love this throne room scene so much is because uh, it's Luke's come there with a clear mission. He wants to. Um, he knows there's good in his father. He wants to uh, turn him back to the light side. Whereas Palpatine, he has his own, um, he has his own sort of plan. He wants to turn, he wants to turn Luke to the dark side and have as, as his uh, apprentice. And there's a lot of to and fro. There's a lot of emotions thrown out in the air. Um, there's a there's a point where Luke almost turns to the dark side. Um, you've got that amazing scene. Because uh, it cuts back and forth from cuts back and forth from the Endor scenes, and then uh, you got the the scene where Vader actually finds out that through the Force that Leia is Luke's son. And he's like, "If you won't turn to the dark side, then perhaps she will." And yeah, he, um, they have, a, they have a, a huge battle, and it's just amazing. It's just emotional. I think we'd better move on because we're, <laughs> we're racking up yeah, the time. Yeah, I do, I do waffle. <laughs> uh, next one is Force Awakens. Um, I, th- I think with the Force Awakens, I've, I think with the sequels and all, um, because we've been rambling on, I think uh, overall we should just talk about the, the movies as a whole, yeah, what makes them good, okay. what makes them bad. Um, Nebula, do you want to start off? Um, I actually, I've, I felt that this this film showed promise, and 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 it made me excited for what was coming next. Actually, so as a film, I actually enjoyed it. It's it's hard, really, because with the the sequels, um, I think like with the prequels, they got so many things right, but also they got so many things wrong, and unfortunately, most of the time. The wrongs outweigh the rights. Um, I don't know how you feel, Rob. Well, I think the, the problem I think with the the sequels um, is I think J.J. Abrams. Yeah, he's, he's a good director, but I just don't think that he is a fan of Star Wars. No, um, and I, I think maybe it could have been done a lot better. Um. There's a lot of things they did in it that, like, like I say, they they ignored everything that sort of come before in a lot of the extended universe, um, and just kind of started over. And it really is a bit of a samey story because you have got Ray, who's just you know, basically Luke. Yeah, and and it's it's almost you know you have got Kylo Ren, who's the son of um, Han Solo, <clears throat> and. Yeah, it's the thing with with that. I think it's bad. Is is it's samey, um, but I think that's the only way they could have done it because where the prequels were so disappointing. I think they had to go back to what makes that Star Wars formula work, and I think that's 
that's that was necessary. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, Force Awakens is a really good. It's a good film. Um, it's it's about mid range for my top top nine. Uh, well, then obviously JJ um, Abrams was removed from Star Wars because of um, he had some personal problems. Yeah, didn't he? and then they got in Rian Johnson, who was <sighs> he just again just took it away from. He definitely was not a fan of Star no. Wars, and you can tell that. Um, he took it completely in a, in a different direction. There's so much more you could have done with with that film. I mean, this is the thing: when when JJ Abrams got got um, brought in to do the Force Awakens, they said you can have your sequel. No, you can have um, you can have all three movies. You can have a trilogy, and he wrote out like George Lucas did. He wrote out a huge um, plot for all three movies, and when he had to go. When he had to go away from the production due to personal issues, he uh, gave the sequel to uh, Ryan Johnson. He was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to take it in my own direction. And in my opinion, The Last Jedi is the worst Star Wars film in the whole saga. Just the, the, the main reason for this is it's if it wasn't called Star Wars, it would be a decent film. It's just that it's, it's in, it happens to be in the Star Wars saga and they completely completely destroys the character of luke um what's the thing is you'd expect luke to be in it a lot more than he than he is i know i know he's in he's in sort of he's in hiding um he's turned his back on the whole jedi order and everything else but that's that's what i'm about i know nebula you have a few things to say about (laughs) luke Luke, don't Uh, you in this film yeah, I, I, it, again, it's it's one of the for me, it's one of the the two worst films yeah. out of the the whole series. Um, again, it's it's just totally not not Luke. It's not in Luke's Luke's character at all. No, um, it, I don't know. I, I just there's just nothing that I can relate that to to Luke becoming that person. No. Um, so I, I disassociate him totally with, with with him being Luke at all. Well, we was it's just that how can this cynical old man mm. be the same Luke as in the end of Return when he yeah. risked his own life, he risked the, the universe to uh, bring his father back to the light yes. side that he can see the good and everything and then he's just a cynical old man it just doesn't they make just sense it, all in. it just it just wouldn't happen it doesn't it, it no. doesn't play real no, i think all. the only reason why ryan johnson did this is because he didn't he wanted to make the movie interesting and take it somewhere else but he just you don't screw with the characters uh that's years that's 40 plus years of of character building there and he just threw it down the toilet yeah in my opinion but the thing is, obviously, um, it's revealed that, you know, as soon as Ben shows any inclination of, of going down the dark side, mm. Luke decides he's going to kill him. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Luke wouldn't do that. And, and the Jedi wouldn't do that. No. That's the whole thing. In Revenge of the Jedi, um, in Revenge of the Sith, Revenge of the Jedi was returned, yeah. uh, Revenge of the Sith, when Anakin had his premonitions, he went to Master Yoda, and Yoda was like, don't let these um, cloud your judgment. like, And then Luke... Luke at this point is the grand master. He is yeah. in Yoda's position and he lets that cloud his emotion. It just doesn't make sense at all. No. And this is why I think that Ryan Johnson isn't a Star Wars fan because a Star Wars fan would know this yeah. and they wouldn't. And then you've got The Last Jedi again. J.J. Abrams is, is brought back in. Sorry? Oh, sorry, The Rise of Skywalker, yeah. 
<laughs> where JJ uh, Abrams is <clears throat> brought back in, and from what I've read, he tried to kind of retcon. Yeah, he, he, he tried to put right what Ryan Johnson had, had done, but I just think it, it's not. It's an okay film, but it's just not. It's not memorable, is it? No, it's um, not. I mean, we watched it in cinemas, and I, I was I just so seen the story that you know Palpatine manages to cheat death and resurrect himself. That you know, takes away from Vader's sacrifice. Yeah, he's he's building this whole um, this whole new naval fleet, um, thousands of ships, millions of people in secret without anybody mm. knowing. You know. It's just a glorified MacGuffin yeah. story, isn't it? And then, sort of, there's, there's <laughs> when um, it's hard to say. Isn't it? It's just yeah. I mean, you you see um, the conflict within Kylo Ren, like within Darth Vader, mm. and then he obviously in um, in the uh, Force Awakens. Mm. He, he actually kills Han Solo, his own father. Yeah. Then in Rise of Skywalker, he has a vision of his father um, and suddenly decides he's going to go from back to the light side. Mm. And it's just, you know, there's no... I just wished um, that J.J. Abrams could have done all three films because uh, apparently he, he had the idea to, to take this and fully um, describe it. But because Ryan Johnson went in a totally, he ignored his, his sequel, he went in a totally different direction. He essentially had to put two movies in one. So he, he was literally fighting a losing battle. Yeah, but then there's this sort of, he's saying that he had lots, into, lots of interference from Kathleen Kennedy, who was yeah. head of Disney uh, at that time. And, you know, I don't I don't think J.J. Abrams was the right director no. Actually, for the only it. reason why I got the film was because he directed Star Trek yeah. that's this year. Um, I wish John Favreau would have written it. Yeah, yeah. No. One of the best, the best bit of yes. um, Star Wars since the original yeah. is Mandalorian, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, th- and I think he's going to be involved in the the Obi Wan spin off and, mm. and all the other spin offs as oh, well. Future looking bright. I can't wait. For, no, for the I just show. wish you know because it's kind of the films are the main thing. I know, wish they. The original trilogy, great. The prequels, you know, okay. Sequels, well, we didn't really, we could have done without them, really. Yeah. Because, you know, it's just repeating a lot of stuff. Um, and the thing at the end of uh, Rise of Skywalker is when Ray says, I'm a Skywalker. Yeah, a lot, people, that, that, a lot of people don't like that. A lot that, of do fans they? don't like that ending. No. Well, the, thing, the thing, I remember when we, when you know, the, even though the, the sequel, the sequels weren't that that good, they were they were okay. When you get a film called The Rise of Skywalker, as Star Wars fans, we were buzzing because we were yeah. like, "Oh my god, they're going to bring Darth Vader back! They're going to bring Luke back!" Well, we they thought don't. we thought we actually thought the theory that Luke was going to be Ray's yeah. father. That thought that was going to be it. This is this is the finale of Star Wars. Nine films of story building, and they they, they well, end it, it turns on that. out she's the granddaughter of. Palpatine. Palpatine. But by the way, that was a last minute addition as well. Yeah. But yeah, I just it was the most anticlimactic experience ever in a in a cinema. And the the final fight scene is between Palpatine and, and Ray and it ends quite abruptly. And yeah. 
then he's probably the most powerful Jedi in the in the in the universe. He's able to cheat death, yet he gets killed by somebody who's only been using the Force for you know a couple of years. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Trained Jedi. So Uh, yeah, the the sequels they had to happen because also the sequels. But yeah, yeah, they're they're not the best films. But um, I think that's everything, isn't it? Yeah. We have been waffling on for a while, <laughs> but we just love talking about Star Wars. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, Star Wars has, has now transcended being just films now. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of entered everyday life, hasn't it, really? Well, I'm, I'm, a, um, I'm part of a few Star Wars meme pages, so that <laughs> shows you're a true Star Wars yeah. fan. Yeah. No, it is. It, Star Wars is like you said. It isn't just a film; it's a way of life. Like there's literally conventions about Star Wars. You see the Star Wars logo at least the very minimum once a day. Yeah. You hear someone talk about Star Wars. It yeah. is a way of life. It is an event. It's ingrained into pop culture itself. It's mm-hmm. massive, and I'm just glad we got the original trilogy, yeah. man. Just to fall back <laughs> onto you. <know? laughs> Um, unless then any final thoughts from anybody? Have a look. No, no. I, I'm again. I, you know, for for all the for all the, the the bad things that we can say about some of these films, um, I still I still love Star Wars and and mm. and you know and 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 I am hopeful for the for the future things that are, are coming on board. Yep. Yeah, well, I think we all feel the same. We do, yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Um, it's been enjoyable. This is this, like I say, this is um, this is a special podcast in addition to our normal one, which we do on a Sunday. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to do some more special ones. Yep. Yeah, um, we have a website, filmgeezers.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. All under the same yeah, name. All under the same name. Like and share. We're on this this um, this podcast. We're recording it. It'll go live tomorrow in celebration of Star Wars Day, and it'll be available to download on our usual uh, platforms: Spotify, iTunes, Apple, etc., 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 and YouTube as well. If you want to join our YouTube channel, that'd be great. But from from us, it's goodbye. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thanks.